Welcome to Over in Smith, an H.P. Lovecraft podcast where we read the complete works of H.P. Lovecraft. Unless they're they're too racist or boring, or sometimes they're both, we usually make an audiobook. Today, we're going to be reading The Very Old Folk, and with me is somebody who was involved in a spectral thought incident on All Hallows' Eve. Jesse, or Art. Hi. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so... It's- isn't that spectral thought incident just someone thinking about ghosts? <laughs> think about some real hot ghosts. Yeah, I mean, I think about hot ghosts all the time. Spectral like, it's... thought incident, yeah. Uh, oh, spectral thought. Get, get it? <laughs> <T-H-O-T>. yeah. <laughs> think about yeah. dropping that ass. Oh. <laughs> uh. Think about that WAP. Every day. Um, now, now I have to be. What, what, what would WAP stand for for a ghost? <laughs> um, uh, wet astral. I, I guess it. I guess it would still be phantasms. <laughs> oh, wet, oh yeah. <laughs> wet astral phantasms. <laughs> yeah, we got it. <laughs> I did once in phasmophobia flirt with a ghost, and then it tried to kill me. Um. Well, you know, maybe you should have read read the sides a little bit. I asked, uh, are you cute? And then she tried to murder me. It's okay, she didn't succeed. Oh, well. Maybe she was <sighs> flirting with lucky. me. Oh, so someone, uh, someone on TikTok, uh, it's been doing a series called, uh, uh Special Tattoos for the Spicy Sads. Ooh, yes, I have and, seen that. Yeah, and one of I want one of them so bad. It's just a grave. It's just a gravestone with the epitaph "Living the life," and I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, and I need it. A, I, I need it on my body. A gravestone like, that's one that of the says first... "Uh, die, scream, hate." Like, like the thing that I, the thing that I love about it is like, like I mean, first off, it's just, I I just love it, you know, whatever, but. But it's like one of the first things I've seen that I'm just like, I need that etched into my skin. <laughs> like, like, yes. Yeah. I know. I occasionally see it in a possum tattoo and I'm like, soon I will have you upon me. <laughs> but, you, yeah. Well, uh, upon that uh, wet <laughs> astral phantasm clapping in the distance, I think I hear a blurb. Oh fuck! I forgot my one my one thing I'm supposed to do this episode. Art, please, art. <laughs> I'm supposed art. to do one thing. Art, please. I'm literally laying down. By the way, you could probably hear it. Uh, this it's, is this is a laying down podcast for me. It's not uh, too bad, honestly. Yeah. Um. But uh, this story is really an account of a dream that Lovecraft had on Halloween night. Uh, 1927, after reading James Rhodes' translations of Virgil's Aeneid, uh, this text was taken from a letter to Donald uh, Wandre, November 2nd, November, November 2nd, 1927. Another version of the dream was slight, but in some cases significant change, uh, differences can be found in letters to Bernard Austin Dwyer and Frank Belcamp Long. Long incorporated 
the text verbatim into his novel The Whore from the Hills in 1931. That's rude. That's intellectual property. Th- I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that much. Although, it would be great if I just, like, straight up stole an entire story that you gave me. I'm just like, yep, I'm just taking this. I'm putting it in my novel. Okay. okay it's like me so. writing about how how fucking weird you were as a kid. Like, exact <laughs> stories. I'm... <laughs> That was a strange changeling child I was. <laughs> That's okay. I write about this. I write about this young child who gets told that they could go to frog camp. <laughs> they they only wear jelly shoes or go barefoot, and their hair is uh, way past their waist, <laughs> and they never brush it. And they only yeah. wear their princess jasmine costume. Um. The incredible length and detail of the dream and its meticulous invocations of elements of Roman history are impressive. Mm, I don't know. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I, hold sounds, up. Hold mm, up. I don't know. You're presuming a lot right now. <laughs> yeah. Wondre uh, presumes, presumably, give the text its title when he allowed it to be published in the fanzine Science Snaps. Sci- it, science he snaps in summer 1940 um so here okay so I, i'm I, we're gonna okay we're gonna judge this first off it's gonna be a judge it's that's something we judge obviously because oh harshly yeah but th- it's starting to sound like the person who says hey hey my dream is so great <laughs> you should listen to my dream and the thing is i don't want to and second well, sorry, I don't know if I brought this up, but there's in one of the podcasts I listened to, they say the only reason you should be telling someone your dream is if you're about to fuck them. Oh. Um, and so, which is, which is funny, because every time someone in a movie, because it's a Christian movie podcast that, you know, makes oh. fun of Christian movies. Okay. Uh, and so every time someone does a dream, they're like, wait, do we, are we about to fuck now? Are, you about, are we going to have to fuck now? <laughs> oh my God. Is this <laughs> happening? As you're putting on lips, as you're putting on your fucking chapstick. <laughs> but like, but like, I honestly, I'm going to be honest. If you want people to read about your dream, just write, just make it make sense in a story. Yeah. I'll read it then. Don't tell me about it, though. Dang, I was about to I don't tell give you a shit. about a dream I had where my brother called me fat, and I was like, yeah, bitch, what? Yeah. <laughs> I am. What are you going to do? <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. I've been working on it for a long time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. My brother would maybe, never call me fat, by the way. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is going to be a good a good dream. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Maybe it's going to be, like, weirdly wandering and make no sense. Like most dreams do. Maybe it'll be like, uh, yeah. Actually, let me rephrase that. My dreams often make sense, but it's often just me falling to my death, so... Oh, shit, so- there you go. <laughs> and by the way, you can't die in your dreams. Oh yes, it's I have died alive. in my dream yeah. before. No, like I've 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 splattered on the ground multiple times in my dreams. Like you just kinda like I don't know, you don't wake up, it's just nothing for a little bit. Yeah. And I assume that I assume that there's another dream after because you actually have multiple dreams throughout the night. Yeah. But like, you know, that that's the part I remember. I remember just like you know. Yeah. Splatting. Same. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I had a dream where I got blown up. Yeah. 
I have a lot of dreams where I die. I want, that's weird. That's not great. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I could very well have more. I just don't remember them. Yeah, I just I just have mostly nightmares. Uh, or I dream about my day, and I just live my boring ass day. Oh, those are and always then, fun. No, no, uh, those suck because then I then I realize yeah, I have to go through an entire day again. I'm just like fuck. fuck. <laughs> like, I have it sucks. I have a lot of I well I used to I don't any as much anymore. I used to get a lot of anxiety dreams about school and work, but it was really fun because I would get anxiety dreams about school when I wasn't in school anymore, and I would realize oh, yeah, no, those it are great. halfway through. No. Like it would always be like, oh my god, I didn't show up to my class till like for the entire semester and then i'd be like i graduated five years ago no it's real cool when you have a stress room about going to school and then you wake up and it's the and you'd be like oh f- i don't have to go to school sometimes i remember during the dream that i've already graduated from like college <laughs> and it'll be a stress dream about high school I'm like, fuck this i don't have to be here i'm fucking 30 i'm leaving and nobody can stop me. What are you going to do? Tell me no? I'm fucking 30 years old. Don't scare me anymore. All right, let's let's get into learning about these these very old folk. Yeah, let's see if we have to fuck up. <laughs> let's see if we have to fuck. HP Lovecraft. <laughs> HP Lovecraft. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, he probably would like you. I'm sorry, Faith. I know, I'm very Aryan. No, no, he wouldn't like you because oh. you have a vagina. Oh, right, no, because I'm a woman. Oh, he would- Yeah. You know, I, all the men that he's written about in very um romantic detail have been dark-haired. Yeah. Prepare yourself, you know, I Art. Could, I, I, could, I, could rock, I could rock his world. <laughs> uh, so- Afterward, you're like, I'm not even a man. He probably has. He probably has. He's already very effete, so his hands are probably very soft. That is true. I didn't yeah. think about that. Although he has, he has like mega white people lips, so like that's not going to be any fun. Oh god, yeah, that he has no upper lip, none. Yeah, it's non-existent. All right, the very old folk by H.P. Lovecraft. Thursday, November third, nineteen twenty-seven. Dear Melmoth. So you are busy delving into the shady past of that insufferable young Asiatic various Avidus Bassianus. Ugh, there are few persons I loathe more than that cursed little Syrian rat. God damn it, I fucking hate that rat. <laughs> Shit, get the fuck out of here. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you always around me? <laughs> you and the moon, always around. <laughs> Why? It's it's that fucking moon and that fucking rat. <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> like it's just i like the like so okay wait let me rephrase that i like it when he chose dislike for harmless things because he he puts a lot of passion into it oh for something that doesn't need a lot of passion oh yeah yeah this dude hates this that fucking being said rat. he also puts that same passion when he's talking about the jews sometimes so uh yeah or um any other person of color yeah Although I can't tell if that I can't tell if him talking bad about Jewish people is just a product of the time, or if he was just really anti-Semitic. Uh, it's probably- it might have been a product of the time. That seems like anti-Semitism's baked into almost everything, even today. Oh, so yes, 
Oh, yeah. There's casual anti-Semitism and fucking everything. Look at Harry Potter. Yeah. Damn. Also, there's a lot of there's also a lot of turfy shit in Harry Potter now that I think about it. I when know, I look back on right? Why? Like the fact the fact that the girls uh the girls dorms have a magical protection so any men can't so any boys can't get into yeah, it. Yeah, but the but boys the, aren't afforded the same luxury. Yeah. When you know that one of the boys in your school is actively being hunted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just but whatever. Don't. Fuck them. <laughs> like, sure, like, sure. Make sure they're not getting like you know pre. They 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 have to have abortion spells. Oh, they have. But whatever. To. Yeah, like it probably turns into like a like a yummy little treat for them somehow. <laughs> it like, turns into a sour patch kid. <laughs> yeah, but like you could have like a cramp free like uh, medical abortion or it's the least they could do. It's the least they could do. I just don't, like, there's just a lot of subtle turfy shit in there, and like, but whatever. It turns out, turfs and anti-Semites have been around for a long time. It turns out, they're usually the same. Yeah. <sighs> okay. okay, sorry. That's okay. I just, I just, I just love, I feel like, I hate that little rat. I hate <laughs> that little rat. <laughs> I have myself been carried back to Roman times by my recent perusal of James Rhodes' Aeneid. A translation never before read by me, and more faithful to P. Morrow than any other versified version I have ever seen, including that of my late uncle, Dr. Clark, which did not attain publication. This Virgilian, this Virgilian diversion, together with the spectral thought incident to, Al, to All Hallows' Eve with its witch sabbaths on the hills, produced in me last Monday night a Roman dream of such supernal clearness and vividness, and such titanic abdom adumbration, yeah, uh, and such titanic adumbration of hidden horror that I verily believe I shall some day employ it in fiction. Roman dreams were no uncommon features of my youth. I used to follow the divine Julius all over Gallia, as a tribunus militum o nights but I had so long ceased to experience them, that the present one impressed me with extraordinary force. I held Julius Caesar's hand as he told me Rome. I really liked I really liked all of the uh all of the, the public orgies and stuff that would happen on Solstice. Just little baby HP Lovecraft waking up Julius Caesar in the middle of the night like I threw up. I threw Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Give me fruit gummy. Give me Fuka. I want chicken nuggets. <laughs> Julius Caesar's like, Ark! <laughs> Small <I miss> child! <laughs> wait, 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 one moment. Oh, oh, I got it. Julius Caesar is like, Ark! Small child, I will verily get you the fruit snacks. Also, it works because he's talking about Neptune, which means he's talking about Roman. Oh, shit. But, but whatever. Uh, that. Uh, yeah. So, Julius layers. Caesar, no. I fool up. <laughs> Ju Julius Caesar, I missed the bus. I missed the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to McDonald's. <laughs> 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 I, what are those what are those books where they like uh <laughs> where they 
they go into stories or like historical times, like with ninjas. Oh, or... uh, lucky, a uh, lucky wishbone. No wishbone, wishbone. No, it wasn't the dog. It was the two kids. Um, uh, I don't know. The the last time I saw a cover of one of those books, it's the kid like karate kicking a ninja, except the title is removed and it says 16 beers at Chili's. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't remember the actual name of those books. <laughs> but that's what uh, I, I want to rewrite one of those books, but it's that. It's, some, <laughs> it's like a five-year-old with Julius Caesar. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, I imagine, I imagine Julius Caesar got really, really annoyed by, by little H.P. Lovecraft. (laughs) Just like, oh, wait, this kid again. Uh. No, you can't sleep in my bed. You wet it each time. (laughs) Guess I know you threw up because you threw up in my bed. No, I don't know where McDonald's is. <laughs> have a have what a What is a gummy? Here have Why a do ham you keep lake. On <laughs> here here is some fish. I don't know. <laughs> do we see the UFO up? I missed a bus. Alright. It was a flaming sunset or late afternoon in the tiny provincial town of Pompello. At the foot of the Pyrenees in Hispania. Citerior. The year must have been the late Republic, for the province was still ruled by a central oh s- senatorial, okay. For the province for the province was still ruled by a s- senatorial oh my gosh. Those dang old asses. For the province was still ruled by a senatorial Francis Proconsul? Proconsul. By a senatorial proconsul instead of a praetorian legate of Augustus. And the day was the first before the calends of November. The hills rose scarlet and gold to the north of the little town, and the westering sun shone ruddily and mystically on the crude new stone and plaster buildings of the dusty forum and the wooden walls of the circus some distance to the east. Groups of citizens, broad-browed Roman colonists, and coarse-haired Romanized natives together with obvious hybrids of the two strains, alike clad in cheap woolen togas and sprinklings of helmeted legionnaires and coarse-mantled black-bearded tribesmen of the circumambient? Yeah. Black-bearded tribesmen of the circumambient Vascones all thronged the few paved streets and forum, moved by some vague and ill-defined easiness. Are there no, are there no fucking paragraph breaks in this? I think it was just I, like I don't know if there. I don't think there is. There aren't. He just he just vomited this all out in one. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> he also took out. He also took out out all the periods and the commas. So, <laughs> Fuck you. you know, <laughs> The only thing the only thing he has left is semicolons and he only used one. <laughs> you have to find it to escape. <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> Dear God. Uh. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> All right. 
Sorry, I just like was like, wait a minute. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, all thronged the few paved streets and forum, moved by some vague and ill-defined uneasiness. I myself had just alighted from a litter, which the Illyrian bearers seemed to have brought in some haste from thou- <coughs> have brought in- yeah. To have brought in some haste from Caligurus, across the Iberus, to the southward. It appeared that I was a provincial quaestor named L. Calius Rufus, and I had been summoned by the proconsul P. Scribionis Libo, who had come from Taraco some days before. The soldiers were the fifth cohort of the 12th Legion, under the military tribune. Oh, is that Senator? God damn it. Sex. Aselius. Uh, man, you could you could also just say it sex. 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 Ah, <clears throat> uh, Roman Sextus. I was not far off. <laughs> right under the mir- under the military tribune Sextus Acelius, and the legatus of the whole region, Colonel Bal Bal <laughs> 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 Bobadibus. <laughs> Bobadibus. Colonel Bobadibus. I'm the scat man. <laughs> By the way, if you want to hear some like truly utopian shit, just listen to Scatman's World. Oh, I fucking. It's, it's so good. Yeah, like I want to live in Scatman's World so much. I know. It sounds beautiful. Thank you, Scatman. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, God. No, CN. Canaeus? Whatever. Yeah, Canaeus is what that actually stands for. <coughs> the CN. And the legatus of the whole region, Canis Balbutius. Fuck. <laughs> Every fucking time. Balbutius. Okay. Balbutius? That's not better. That's not any no, better. It's no. <laughs> I'm just gonna say Balbutius, and we're just gonna have to. Oh, ba- Balbutius. Balbutius. Oh, just like your mom last night. Oh, Canis Balbutius had also come from Caligurus, where the permanent station was. The cause of the conference was a horror that brooded on the hills. All the townsfolk were frightened and had begged the presence of a cohort from Caligurus. It was the terrible season of the autumn, and the wild people in the mountains were preparing for the frightful ceremonies which only rumor had told of in the town. There were the very old folk who dwelt higher up in the hills and spoke a choppy language, which the Vascones could not understand. One seldom saw them, but a few times a year they sent down a little... Oh, I don't like that. One seldom saw the men. Oh, one... Eh. One seldom saw them, but a few times a year they sent down little messengers, who looked like Scythians, to trade with the merchants by means of gestures. And every spring and autumn they held the infamous rites on the peaks, their howling and altar fires throwing terror into the villages. That's it. They're just having a loud party, and you're like, "Oh no, it's in the military." Well, I mean, that's well, that's what happens when you call the police. It's true someone. for a noise <laughs> for a noise complaint. 
That is true. You're not lying. They could just show up with a tank. They could. Nothing's stopping them. I just like that they called a legate. They're like, yeah, that dude who's really high up in the military. Because they're playing their funky music in the mountains. Always the same the night before the Kalends of Mayas and the night before the Kalends of November. Townsfolk would disappear just before these nights. Okay, okay, I get it now. Okay. <laughs> Townsfolk would disappear just before these nights and would never be heard of again. And there were whispers. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I get it now. Okay. I, I wonder if they did it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, like you murder your neighbor. You're like, oh no, they got Todd. Oh no, the person I hate is gone now. I wonder what's happening. Gosh, how convenient. I guess I have to buy his house now. (laughs) Oh wow, it's weird. He has a last minute, uh, a last minute addition to his will, which says all of his stuff belongs to me now. Oh no. I'm so sad. Oh no, now Todd can't throw his annoying barbecues with all of his loud friends that watch football. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to listen to them punch walls in the wall anymore. Or punch holes in the wall anymore. Eh, What a tragedy. Too bad those mountain folks stole him. (laughs) He's definitely not buried in my cellar. Uh, townsfolk would disappear just before these nights and would never be heard of again. And there were whispers that the native shepherds and farmers were not ill-disposed toward the very old folk, that more than one thatched hut was vacant before midnight on the two hideous Sabbaths. This year the horror was very great, for the people knew that the wrath of the very old folk was upon Pompello. Three months previously, five of the traders had come down from the hills, and in a market brawl, three of them had been killed. The remaining two had gone back wordlessly to their mountains, and this autumn, not a singer, and this autumn, not a single villager had disappeared. Well, that sounds like it's their fault. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just say it's their fault. It's their fault. Like, I think 90% of the time, it's actually somewhat... It's the person who's complaining the loudest's fault. Yeah. Like, you killed three of their people. I don't know what you were expecting. There was a menace... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I don't know. Like, what what else do you... Okay, I don't know. Like, it's just like, oh no, I killed all these people. I wonder why someone's mad at me. Oh, what could it have been? What could I have done? Um... There was a menace in this immunity. It was not like the very old folk to spare their victims at the Sabbath. It was too good to be normal, and the villagers were afraid. For many nights there had been a hollow drumming in the hills, and at last the aidable tib and at last the aidable Tiber- and at last the aidable Tiberius Aeneas Stilpo, half native in blood, had sent to Balbutus at Calgurus for a cohort to stamp out the Sabbath on the terrible night. Balbutus had carelessly refused, on the grounds that the villagers' fears were empty, and that the loathsome rites of the hill folk were of no concern <coughs> to the Roman people, unless our own citizens were menaced. I, however, who seemed to be a close friend of Balbutius, had, a di- had disagreed with him. Averring that I had studied deeply in the black forbidden lore, 
and that I believe that the very old folk capable of visiting almost any nameless doom upon the town, which, after all, was a Roman settlement and contained a great number of our citizens. The complaining Edible's own mother, Helvia, was a pure Roman, the daughter of... I'm just going to say Major, because I'm not going to look that up. And the daughter of Major Helvius Cinna, who had come over with Scipio's army. Accordingly, I had sent a slave, a nimble little Greek called Antipater, to the proconsul. More like, more like, get, get over there. <laughs> Damn. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking dad joke. Yeah, that was so dumb. It was so funny, though. <laughs> <clears throat> oh. To the proconsul and letters, and Scribionius had heeded my plea and ordered Balbodius to seek it, to send his fifth cohort under Acelius to Pompello. Entering the hills at dusk on the eve of November's Calends, and stamping out whatever nameless orgies he might find, bringing such prisoners as he might take to Taraco for the next proprietor's court. Balbudius, however, had protested, so that more correspondence had ensued. I had written so much to the proconsul that he had become gravely interested and had resolved to make a personal inquiry into the horror. He had, at length, proceeded to Pompello with his Okay, I did write, read that right. He had at length proceeded to Pompello with his solicitors in attendance. If there, hearing enough rumors to be greatly impressed and disturbed, and standing firmly by his order for the Sabbath's extirpation, desirous of confirming, desirous of conferring with one of who had studied the subject, he ordered me to accompany Acelius's cohort and Balbudius had also come along to press his adverse advice for the honestly believed for he honestly believed <clears throat> that drastic military action would stir up a dangerous sentiment of unrest among the Vascones, both tribal and settled. Huh, what what? 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 Hmm. Why hmm. did you ever get that idea? What? What military what military actions will upset? People? What? An unwanted military force hanging out in their land might upset them? Oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. Like, he must be very smart. Like, members of the people that are currently oppressing them? God, so smart. Fucking big brain right here. So here we all were in the mystic sunset of the Autumn Hills. All Scribibonius, Lebo, in his toga... Pretexta, the golden light glancing on his shiny bald head and wrinkled hawk face, Balbudius with his gleaming helmet and breastplate, blue shaven lips compressed in contentiously dogged opposition, young Acelius with his polished greaves and superior sneer, and the curious throng of townsfolk, legionaries, tribesmen, peasants, lictors, slaves, and attendants. I myself seemed to wear a common toga, and to have no especially distinguishing characteristic, and everywhere horror brooded. 
the town and country folk scarcely dared speak aloud, and the men of Lebo's entourage, who had been there nearly a week, seemed to have caught something of the nameless dread. Old Scribonius himself had looked very grave, and the sharp voices of us later comers seemed to hold something curious and the sharp voices of us later comers seemed to hold something of curious impropriateness, as in a place of death or the temple of some mystic god. We entered the praetorium and held grave converse. Balbadius pressed his objections and was sustained by Celius, who appeared to hold all the natives in extreme contempt, while at the same time deeming it unadvised while at the same time deeming it inadvisable to excite them. Both soldiers maintained that we could better afford to antagonize the minority of colonists and civilized natives by inaction, than to antagonize a probable majority of tribesmen and cottagers by stamping out the dread rites. Just... <clears throat> okay. I, on the other hand, renewed my demands for action, and offered to accompany the other... Oh, and offered to accompany the cohort on any expedition it might undertake. I pointed out that the barbarous Vascones were at best turbulent and uncertain, so that skirmishes with them were inevitable sooner or later, whichever course we might take, that they had not in the past proved dangerous adversaries to our legions, and that it would be and that it would ill become the representatives of the Roman people to suffer barbarians to interfere interfere with a course which the justice and prestige of the Republic demanded. Ooh, that, on the other hand, the successful administration of province depended primarily upon the safety and goodwill of the civilized element with those hands the local machinery of commerce and prosperity repose, and in whose veins a large mixture of our own Italian blood coursed. These, though, in numbers they might form a minority. Were the stable elements whose con were the stable elements whose constancy bleh, were the stable elements whose constancy might be relied on, and whose cooperation could most firmly bind the province to the imperium of the Senate and the Roman people. So I find it very interesting that he he seems to like Rome and Greece, but he does not like Italians. <laughs> well, because Italians are um. Oh, what, what, what do you say? Uh, dirty. <laughs> I mean, from HP's uh, perspective, you're not wrong. They're yeah, not the good like, kind of white. Yeah, like, <clears throat> you know, those, those people are okay, but, like, their children are awful. Oh, oh, terrible. Awful. Yeah. Terrible. Awful. <laughs> Although There's, like racists also don't think think their stuff through. Oh never. Oh fucking never. It's like when the Nazis tried to make uh Scandinavia more Christian and they're like, no man, we're a bunch of weird pagans. That doesn't work with us. <laughs> oh, the only reason the only reason why people are called Caucasians is because like the guy who invented phrenology had a hard on for one of his skulls. And it turns out that they're from the Caucasus region. Oh, which would make them Asian. Yeah, and not So he had to make it white because obviously if he is in if he wants to skull fuck a literal skull, 
that's an Asian thing. That obviously it's where white people came from. Obviously, yeah. How else is so, he gonna stick his dick in it? Yeah. Also, like, I mean, I'm. I don't want to kink shame, but also like, why be racist? Like, okay, <laughs> okay, sorry. There, there's a dip- <laughs> Like, how racist do you need to be <laughs> to be racist against a skull? Oh, actually, not that racist. Oh, not that racist. Actually, I just realized I was that. I was about to ask a dumb question. Though, Uh, you know what? Diogenes did lay a whammy on Alexander the Great while digging through some trash. And, like, there were just, like, human bones and trash in Rome, like, or in Greece. It was just a thing. And Alexander the Great is like, yo, Diogenes, what you up to? Some kind of, like, philosophical thing today. And Diogenes was like, well, it's trying to find the bones of your dad, but they look just like these slave bones. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't know. But again, and uh, Alexander the Great was like, "I'm leaving." <laughs> uh, you're, you're, a st- you're, you stink. I'm gonna leave. There was another time now. when uh, Diogenes was like laying in like uh, <clears throat> a town square, like sunning himself, and Alexander the Great came up to him and was like, "Yo, what's up, Diogenes? Got any?" Philosophical things tell me, and Diogenes is like, get the fuck out of my son. <laughs> Diogenes also famously said, there's no place to spit in a rich man's home but his face. Oh, there's also that <laughs> There's also that time, I forget which uh, philosopher, but Diogenes, uh, like, the, because there was a debate on, like, what makes a man. Oh, and it was so Plato. Diogenes would just... It was Plato. Plato. So, Diogenes would just go go around looking at things, and when people ask, like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to find a man. I'm trying to find a man. Well, oh yeah, because he would walk around with a lantern in the middle of the day, and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, trying to find an honest man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real it's real great. Uh, he, he was a shit poster. He, yeah. he was a vermin supreme of his time. Oh, yes. Uh, Plato said- What if vermin supreme is the reincarnation of Diogenes? What if he just is Diogenes? <laughs> Diogenes has survived this long. I would say, okay, so if we're- if uh, See, I can only think of a uh, contemporary modern uh, he's, American. He's, he's like a- He's like a the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> no, but, but no, I like to think that the emperor- The, uh, the emperor of um, the US. Yes. Was also Diogenes. Oh shit! Although no, he liked he liked clothing too much. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't know, but whatever. We're we're not we're not a uh, well we are a Diogenes uh, stand podcast. We, but we're yeah, not, we, we, we that's don't. actually what this podcast is. is <laughs> yeah, we stand we, Diogenes. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. So let let's. I don't know. Uh, okay, well, I forgot what I was going to say. Let's get on uh, with this story. Yeah. Uh, it was once. Oh God, I no wrong place. See, it'd be nice if there were paragraphs. <clears throat> yeah, I know it'd be. It's it's also must be really hard to read because you have to put in all the all, all of the uh all the punctuation in. I'm as just well. making them up as I go. <laughs> like this sounds like an end of a sentence. Yeah, that's close enough. These, though in number, they might form a minority. Were the stable element, those constancy might be relied on. And whose cooperation was, and whose cooperation would most firmly bind the province to the imperium of the Senate and the Roman people? It was at once a duty and an advantage to afford them the protection due to Roman citizens. Even, and here I shot a sarcastic, and here I shot a sarcastic look 
of Balbadius and Asilius, at the expense of a little trouble in activity, and of a slight interruption of the distraught playing and cockfighting at the camp in Calgurus. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm so sorry you guys have to stop fighting with your dicks for one day. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, wait, wait. Oh, crap. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I remember. Uh, what? Right after, right after he said that, it was just like... <laughs> and, they, and they were like <laughs> they take um, they take 2d6 psychic damage from that <laughs> that's what yeah. that sounds like <laughs> fuck the minecraft doof is so good <laughs> It's so effective. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that the danger to the town and inhabitants of Pompello was a real one. I could not from my studies doubt. I had read many scrolls out of Assyria and Egypt and the cryptic towns of Eturia, and had talked at length with the bloodthirsty priest of Diana Arricinia in its temple in the woods bordering Lactus Nemerian. Ne Nemo Nemorinus Nemorensis there we go. Uh and had talked at length with the bloodthirsty priest of Diana Aracena in his temple in the woods bordering Lactus Nemorensis. There were shocking dunes that might be called out of the hills on the Sabbath. Dunes which ought not to exist within the territories of the Roman people and to permit orgies of the kind known to prevail Sabbaths would be but little in consonance with the customs of those whose forefathers, Aurelius Postumius, had, Aurelius Postumius being consul, had executed so many Roman citizens for the practice of the Bacchanalia, a matter kept ever in memory by the Senatus Consultum de Bacchanal, Bacchanalibus? Yeah. A matter kept ever in the memory by the Senate Consultum de Bacchanalibus, graven upon bro graven upon bronze and set open to every eye, checked in time before the progress of the rites might evoke anything with which the iron of a Roman pillum might not be able to deal. The Sabbath would not be too much for the powers of a single cohort. Only participants need to be apprehended, and the sparing of a great number of mere spectators would considerably lessen the resentment which any of the sympathizing country folk might feel. Yeah, uh, some people just want to watch <laughs> the orgy. <laughs> well, yeah, not everyone wants to, like, you know, voyeurs exist, and as long as it's consensual, it's fine. Listen, they have good wine there, I just want to drink it. Like, like I'm only, <laughs> I'm only at this orgy for the catering. I mean, I'm only here for the free food. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, they got like the best caterer in town to come here. I might as well show up if that's the case. <laughs> you just, you just shove a bunch into your purse and leave. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I have done that before at an event. I just like. Take a bunch of rolls and hit them in my purse and left. 
was like, fuck this place, I'm leaving. <coughs> In short, both principle and policy demanded stern action, and I could not doubt but that Publius Scribonius, bearing in mind the dignity and obligations of the Roman people, would adhere to his plan of dispatching the cohort, me accompanying, despite the objections, despite sub, ugh, despite such objections as Balbutius and Asellius, speaking indeed more like providentials than Romans, might see fit to offer and multiply. The slanting sun was now very low, and the whole hushed town seemed draped in an unreal and malign glamour. Then Publius Scribonius, the the ugh. then Publius Scribonius, the proconsul, signified his approval of my words and stationed me with the cohort in the provisional capacity of a centurio from Pilius, Balbutius and Asellius assenting, the former with better grace than the latter. As twilight fell on the wild autumnal slopes, a measured hideous beating of strange drums floated down a far and terrible rhythm. Some few of the legionary shooed timidly, but sharp commands brought them into line, and the whole cohort was also drawn up on the open plain east of the circus. Ugh. Drawn up on the open plain east of the circus. Lebo himself, as well as Balbutius, insisted on accompanying the cohort, but great difficulty was suffered in getting native guide to point out the paths of the mountain. Finally, a young man named Vercellius, the son of pure Roman parents, agreed to take us at least past the foothills. We began to march in the new dusk, with the thin silver and sickle of a young moon trembling over the woods to our left. That which disquieted us most was the fact that the Sabbath was to be held at all. Reports of the coming cohort... Sorry, I have to take care of my cat. Oh, good. Well, boys, your food is five feet away. What you doing? You silly little man. Ow, silly boy. Okay. Uh, there we go. Reports of the coming cohort must have reached the hills, and even the lack of a final decision could not make the rumor less alarming. Yet there were the sinister drums, as of yore, as if the celebrants had some peculiar reason to be indifferent, whether or not the forces of the Roman people marched against them. The sound grew louder as we entered a rising gap in the hills, steep wooded banks enclosing us narrowly on either side, and displaying curiously fantastic tree trunks in the light of our bobbing torches. All were afoot, save Lebel, Balbutius, <coughs> Asellius, and two or three of the centurions, and myself, and at length the way became too steep and narrow that those who had horses were forced to leave them, a squad of ten men being left to guard them, though robber bands were not likely to be abroad on such a night of terror. I like how even, like, uh, horse thieves are like, nah, I'm not fucking with that. Nope, not tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost as it's almost as if you do a bunch of a, a bunch of military stuff. Uh, the locals who know what's going on will just kind of <laughs> you know let you die. <laughs> I was more gonna imply that they're like, you know what, that weird orgy thing, not gonna get involved, not tonight. <laughs> I'm you just know, I'm just a horse thief. 
I'm not interested <laughs> in orgies. <laughs> you know, that that guy's looking at me awful hard, and, like, I'm just, I don't want to, I just don't even want to make eye contact. I'm going to leave now. Yeah, you know what? I'm just here to shovel a bunch of stuff into my pockets and leave. Yeah. Just gonna, just gonna go. More of the story, don't steal silverware from an orgy. I mean, it's rude, first off. I mean, first they're of doing all. the... Yeah, it's just rude. Second off, like, you can steal as much food as you want. They they paid a lot for the catering, and it'd be awful if there's food left. Yeah, like, uh, what are you going to do? They're not going to eat all of it. You might as well take it with you. <laughs> Although, at the same time, if I had just, like, a whole plate of deviled eggs, like, left, that it was just happened to be the kind I, the without without the relish. You're just, you just sit in the corner of the couch and eat them, and <laughs> everybody's, like, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid to. You know what? For some deviled eggs, it's worth it. <laughs> You're yeah, just like, I'll, yes. I'll, be, I'll be eating some deviled eggs and some pigs and blankets. That's the whole and point. They're too busy <laughs> fucking. They're not going to go eat the deviled eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, am I going to be real gassy? Who gives a shit? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. We're really getting into some orgy etiquette here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably should. I mean, it is. It's it's root first. Like, I mean, take food, but also don't take the whole plate. Like, you know, make sure other people have it. But also, you know, take a couple extra if you want. Yeah. You know, if it's at the if it's at the end of the night, just just like you know, be like, yo, do do you want to like? Does anyone want the rest of this? And then when someone says no, like you just just put the, you just, just take it. <laughs> Believe me, the host will be relieved. <laughs> yeah. They bought the food for you. Yeah. Obviously. Honestly, we actually uh, let my uh, cousin have his wedding reception at our house. And we did, like, a taco bar. And there was so much fucking food left. (laughs) And I was so sick of tacos after, like, a week. (laughs) Because we had to eat it all. It was just us. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. Don't get me don't get me wrong, it was good, but there's only so many ways I could rearrange taco ingredients. Yeah. Alright. Um Once in a while it seemed as though we detected a skulking form in the woods nearby, and after a half hour's climb, the steepness and narrowness of the way made the advance of so great a body of men, over three hundred, all told exceedingly cumbrous and difficult. Then, with utter and horrifying suddenness, we heard a frightful sound from below. It was the tethered horses. They had screamed. Not neighed, but screamed. And there was no light down there, nor the sound of any human thing, no, to shew why they had done so. At the same moment, bonfires blazed out on all the peaks ahead, so that terror seemed to lurk equally well before and behind us. Looking for the youth Vercelius, our guide, we found only a crumpled heap, weltering in a pool of blood. In his, uh, me better look around. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's him. Look, see, look, look over there. <laughs> <laughs> this is just some other corpse. Whatever. Like, yeah, they're real bad. They're real bad at finding their guide. Like obviously the guide is somewhere else. It's not not the pool of blood and a heap. That's just a bunch of I don't know clothes. Listen, listen, that's just a pile of viscera. Our guide is a different pile of viscera. <laughs> our guide, our guide was walking. Don't you remember? Our guy was just a, like a full-on guy. Like it me. Just a whole I'm a full-on ass- guy. 
It was just a whole ass dude. This is just like a puddle of guy. Who who would who would hire someone who's dead to guide them? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're not dumb, so let's find our guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have to look up this next person's... Oh, it's just a centurum. Okay. (sighs) In his hand was a short sword snatched from the belt of centurum (laughs) Vibolnius. We got ball butt and anus. (laughs) Bull anus. (laughs) Man, I'm just saying, like, Lovecraft lived in a real boring time if he wasn't just laughing his ass off on this. <laughs> Ball buddy is. <laughs> Bull anus. More like, uh, <laughs> I love, I love this one. I love this one. Be like, uh, well, first off, there's, well, these are old, but I love them because they're becoming more of a thing. But, uh, getting someone to ask you a question about the Yukon and be like, you can suck on these nuts. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, getting someone to ask about, uh, would you mind goblin? Would you mind goblin? And whenever they say, well, what do you mean? <laughs> mind goblin these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you ask, like, like, where's Candace? And they're, can- they're like, Candace who? <laughs> Candy's nuts fit in your mouth. <laughs> oh God! The, the thing is, is, like I feel like if anything, the pandemic is just br- is making people's pretension just lower. Oh, it's gone. Like people are admitting that they pick their nose because, of course, you do. Of course, you do all the time. Yeah, people are admitting that. People are laughing. More people are laughing at dumb jokes. Uh, people these, are horny on Maine. Like, I feel like people are living their are their life. They're- yeah, these nuts jokes are so much funnier now. <laughs> well, I think it's because now we have more variation on the these nuts jokes. Although it is really good if you could just hit someone with a classic like, <laughs> "Can you look at these? <laughs> what, what, what what are these? These nuts? Like again, again, you know, it's so good. It's very good. <laughs> it's still good. <laughs> Or <laughs> someone did you die? Okay, I remember someone. Uh, so someone, uh, I remember screenshots of someone who would like get into anti, uh, get into anti-vax uh, groups and stuff. And like uh, when everyone was taking ivermectin, be like, I heard that it it, it does better if you, <laughs> if you take it with a little uh, with with a dose of DN. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever someone asks with tea and it's like decent nuts. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone apparently someone apparently someone uh these nuts like like the literal Taliban because they took over the the Twitter account for Afghanistan. Uh-huh. Someone, someone fucking these nuts the <laughs> Afghanistan oh government <laughs> after after we withdrew and I'm just like this is, so this, fucking is, funny. this is what I live for someone <laughs> saying these nuts jokes to the Taliban in the middle of a pandemic that's never stopping you know we're really living the best lives right now aren't we this fucking kills me oh my god <laughs> I just <laughs> The I, I like, the noblest uh, the noblest these nuts joke ever done. 
Uh, also, also, I really like that the Bofides. Oh gosh, yes. The, the, the Bofides jokes. Uh, you know, it's. I feel like we're really. I feel like with this pandemic, we're really coming into our own as humans, but also at the same time, we're desperately at the end of history. Oh yes, definitely. The Republic is falling. But you yeah, know what? Yeah. I'm gonna buy like five more long Furbies before it's over. <laughs> you can't stop me. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Oh, we're almost done with this. Oh, I just saw the word undulations. This is going to be good. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. In his hand was a short sword snatched from the belt of Centurion Vilbelius. A sen- Vilbelianus. It really is just Vibulanus. <laughs> In his hand was a short sword snatched from the belt of Vibulanus. A subcenturio and on his face was such a look of terror that the stoutest veterans turned pale at the sight. He had killed himself when the horses screamed. He, who had been born and lived all his life in that region, and knew what men whispered about in the hills. All the torches now dim, all the torches now began to dim, and the cries of frightened legionnaires mingled with the unceasing screams of the tethered horses. The air grew precipitately colder, and more suddenly so than is usual at November's brink, and seemed stirred by terrible undulations, which I could not help connecting with the beating of the which I could not help connecting with the beating of huge wings. The whole cohort now remained at a standstill, and as the torches faded, I watched what I thought were fantastic shadows outlined in the sky by the spectral luminosity of Via Lectea as it flowed through Perseus, Cassiopeia, Cepheus, and Cygnus. And then suddenly all the stars were blotted from the sky, even bright Deneb and Vega ahead, and the lone Altair and four malt behind us. And, as the torches died out altogether, there remained above the stricken and shrieking cohort only the noxious and horrible altar flames on the towering peaks, hellish and red, and now silhouetting the mad, leaping, and colossal forms of such nameless beasts as had ever a Figrian priest or companion grandam whispered of in the wildest of furtive tales. And above the nighted screaming of men and horses, that demonic drumming rose to louder pitch, whilst an ice-cold wind of shocking sentience and deliberateness swept down from those forbidden heights, and coiled about each man separately, till all the cohort was struggling and screaming in the dark, as if acting out the fate of Leocun and his sons, only old Scribonius Lebo seemed resigned. He uttered the words amidst the screaming, and they echoed still in my ears. Maltitia vetus, Maltitia vetus es venit, tendum venit. And then I waked, and it was the most vivid dream in years, drawing upon wells of the subconscious long untouched and forgotten. Of the fate of that cohort, no record exists, but the town at least was saved. For encyclopedias tell of the survival of Pompello to this day, under the modern name, under the modern Spanish name of Pompolona. Years for your Gothic supremacy. See Ilias Juris Maximus.
Um, the HP end. says goth supremacy. Goth supremacy. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to be real honest. I'm going to rate this pretty low because he did really just tell a dream and um, I'm not getting fucked at the end of this. Honestly, so. I could have done with all the uh, pomp and circumstance with all the Roman names. It just yeah. gotten straight to the people screaming and dying in the hills. <laughs> That's always yeah. my favorite part. <laughs> I mean, just get to the part that people want to listen to. Yeah, uh, I want to hear about uh, the giant things making the horses and the people scream. That's what I want to know. Some would say all those uh, all those people who got murdered uh, didn't pass the vibe check. It's not the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what they heard. <laughs> <laughs> I am like I am. I, I keep on saying this. It's been almost two years. I am a monster. We ever since you gave me. Ever since I gave myself a soundboard. Just chaos, pure chaos. Uh, but we do love when people get vibe checked in stories. Let me say that. Yeah, we do love uh, that. You wanna, do you want to do some HP Listcraft? Oh hell yeah! I want to do some HP Listcraft. A listomania, the glass but see it grow. I have to actually open up my drive. Uh, oh, it's right there. It's at the. It's the last thing I opened. <laughs> Alrighty. Um. Okay. Um. I think I would put this like uh around. Let's see. Between the forty and fifty mark. Uh. Yeah. Like this was. He was just telling a dream. Like even if this was actually written out as an actual story, I wouldn't rate it that high. I would say maybe a. Above the terrible old man, yeah, which is at forty four. Above the terrible old man is the tomb. Below it is the alchemist and the beast in uh, the cave. The, I enjoy parts of the tomb, so yeah. So I'll put it between the tomb and the terrible old man. So it's currently at number forty four. Ah, uh, going down the list. Very old. Oh. Uh, at number forty we have the enameable. Forty one we have the moon bog. At 42, we have the doom that came to Sarnoth. 43 is the tomb. Now at 44, we have the very old folk. 45 is the terrible old man. It's, oh, it's low on the list, but um, it's not the lowest. That's for sure. <laughs> there, we have read worse stories. <laughs> yeah, we definitely read worse stories, but also, like, I don't recommend this one. No. But obviously, but it was literally just somewhat, it was literally just... Him writing to a friend saying, yo, I had this sick-ass dream. And it wasn't that sick. Yeah. Uh, it had enjoyable parts, which our uh, stories at the bottom of the list uh, did not have. So <laughs> we got that yeah. at least. At least, like, the ending was good. All right. Well, I think that does that. Uh, do you have anything to plug, Art? I don't feel like plugging anything. I'm gonna be real honest. By the way, you're also not getting an audiobook of this, so I'm probably gonna barely edit it. Okay, so, um, sounds yeah. good. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna be real honest. Honestly, real half I'm okay with this being a short lesson in orgy etiquette. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, that was, I mean, the end was entertaining. Yeah. Everybody's screaming, some Rojan Roman legions getting vibe checked. I live for that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this has been a. This has been. I almost said HP Listcraft. This has been Over and Smith. And remember, 
You are the irreplaceable gash in the fabric of reality. Your keening static howl. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I almost did that from memory. Now I have to look this up. Ugh, one day I'll remember it. Yeah. I feel like not reading it for uh, the entirety of Dexter Ward just erased it from my memory. Yeah, I, I'm going to forget it. Okay. Fairly soon. <laughs> All right. You are an irreplaceable gash in the fabric of reality. Your keening static howl is like no other, and if it faded from the abyss, the void that would remain would be unfillable, and the mansions of silence would forever fill with our lament. Okay, bye! Bye!